0: Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Today on our show, we've got Dean and Dudley Evanson. And I would say that um, they're truly the masters of all things sound and all things healing. And, uh, you know, I even knew about the Evansons years ago because I I have a CD um, that I I would play. It was a nature based CD, it was very healing, it was very comforting. Just uh, incredible music to pacify the mind. So welcome to both of you.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Deanna. So nice to be here with you.
0: Oh, it's truly a pleasure. It's a delight. Um, before we get going into talking about your material and everything that um, you know and you teach, I want to ask you both about your favorite colors.
1: You got one, Dean?
2: Yeah, I think I'm in the blue zone.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. Our our daughter painted uh, blue his meditation room blue and with beautiful clouds, so it's just ah. kind of very healing and soothing.
0: Well, and yeah. also when when I think of the blue zones, uh, that there's a book out called "The Blue Zones" by Dan Buettner, in which he talks about the people who live the longest, and these are the the blue zones of the world. So there's something about that color, that light, and that longevity.
1: Cool, good. How about,
0: how about for you, Dudley?
1: Oh, gosh, I think I'm going to go for a rainbow because <laughs> I'm really into the richness of the diversity of all, all who we are, and we kind of relate to the chakras in that way, so we can talk about that later, but no, I don't, know, I, I don't I didn't think i pick a color. Hmm. But I don't know if that's legal
0: <laughs> yeah no it's fine it's fine and if you feel them all at once in an equal proportion and you know I think that sometimes we resonate to certain colors in our lives more than others and so we might flux in and out of a certain color where we feel more in tune with that we're seeing it a lot or we're wearing it a lot um, but yeah and, and having affinity to certain colors perhaps throughout our lives for no particular reason
1: that makes sense that makes a lot of sense
0: Tell me both about, a little bit about your personal story. How did you enter into working together on this whole topic of healing and, and health and wellness?
2: Well, we met each other in 1968. I moved across the hall from Dudley and Lower East Side in Manhattan. I was fresh out of grad school, and she was across the hall. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I just got back from living in Japan, so I got a lot of, um, of my multicultural stories happening in Asia. I'd been there studying photography and sort, also doing all sorts of things. But you know, I think Dean and I were fortunate that we met when we were both in our mid twenties, and it it was like we—he just gotten his graduate degree in molecular biology, so he was coming in. As a scientist, but really he was so full of um, creativity—a flute player, and well, he didn't know if he was going to be a painter or a sculptor or a filmmaker or, or a recording engineer. He had all these dreams, but we kind of settled into um, for for a while. He did recording, so that was his his first um, process, and I was doing photography. But we ended up uh, buying one of the very early Sony half-inch portable. Packs um, where it's a portable video camera, this was in 1970, so that, um, you know, is kind of a, a roundabout way to get back to music, but it really took us around the country when we lived in our half-size school bus, and we were videotaping everything that we could think of that was sort of the new consciousness, the new awareness, all the information about healing and, um, you know, the wisdom of the East and Native Americans, we really got into that. That's what we did initially before we even formed our music label.
0: You know, it it seems like um, you two together that it was synergistic, you coming together and almost being ahead of the curve on a number of these things. I mean, when you say molecular biology and painting in the same breath, I mean, to me, I'm already getting the feeling of left brain, right brain, logic, creativity, that there's such a fusion between you. And it doesn't seem that that's ever left you and that's always been it's almost like a complete whole whereas some people tend to lean in either direction a bit it's almost like you two together even more so have created that synergistic blend
2: of Yeah and yeah we we keep it all alive the whole picture the whole life experience we like to keep a broad spectrum of energy
1: going well and i think as you said uh, left brain, right brain, Dean has both sides of his brain working and being a scientist initially, but also having played flute since he was 10 years old, he does bring the creativity and the scientific together. And he was able to deal with the technology every step of the way. We I can't tell you how many different permutations of technology we've gone through in terms of recording our music and various kinds of video formats. So he's been able to do that and put together in the early days our studios on a shoestring budget. So it was really special to have that ability to be able to do what we needed to do without having to wait to be discovered by a big record label or something. It's just like we had to do it.
0: And definitely were you as much into sound and tapped into that, or were you more of the visual artist and bringing in, you know, just thinking of your study of photography and cultural awareness, was there, kind of, were you both on the same page when it came to sound or did Dean have more of an inclination to sound and you were kind of filling in the gap with uh, other healing modalities or how did that work?
1: Well, you're right. He he definitely had the sound. That was his um, his bailiwick. I was definitely in the visual field. I was more of a dancer and, and I loved to sing, not professionally or anything like that, but just you know express myself through kind of making up little songs and things and so you know, I think between the two of us, especially because we both came of age in the late sixties and you know throughout the process of the seventies, we were really studying and learning together so it was a exciting time and in the late seventies, when we finally did come back to music, where he was able to bring that around because he did have the recording engineer experience plus the blue playing um, he uh, we got a sort of an open tune harp, and I started playing harp in in those um, settings with. Well, Dean can tell you about recording the sounds of nature, but you know it was definitely I came along later in terms of music, but visual was was where I began.
0: hmm mm-hmm. And uh, again, my entry point into knowing of your work really did come through sound, and I remember just seeing so many different CDs at the store. Um, I can't even remember the 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 one I have is more about a forest, and it's more about green, and I'm always very attract. My favorite color is emerald green and i even live in a forest right now and so i have that strong draw to nature and i feel like in some ways people are trying to return to nature in a variety of different ways even within an urban lifestyle
2: sounds like you had forest rain
0: yes i did thank you you just got the exactly
2: yeah 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 we we were excited to put that together because part of our mission is to bring an understanding of the earth into people's lives who are involved with making decisions on the earth about the earth and how to relate to the earth and from the information and interaction we've had with native american elders we got taught in the early 70s about mother earth and the beauty of the earth as a being as a whole being not just as something that you dig up the what you need from it and it it has remained our, our mainstay of the energy behind what we do to bring a full experience into people's lives particularly related to the planet
0: you know, you say that so beautifully. Um, I, I, re- I was just on a, a call and I uh, had a medical doctor who has dedicated his life now to foraging and helping people to get back into the ways of nature and uh, going out and um, being in nature, being in the sun, connecting with plants, knowing what to eat and really having that expanse of phytochemicals. Do you feel like much of um, disease and what has happened with people's health is really because they're not in alignment with the ways of nature and with really the energy of the earth as you're speaking to
1: absolutely they call it what, nature deprivation or something there's a whole syndrome for children who have little experience or access to nature They're so much into their media forms and video games and television or smartphones or something and it's so important um, to be able to spend time in nature, and also to, in, w- what we've been trying to do is educate people about the importance of giving back to nature and understanding the value of nature, as Dean said, being not just something that humans get to use, but something that we're all very much a part of. The album that you have, Forest Rain, uh, when we first moved to the Northwest, we uh, decided to do the research and to try to understand what it was that was why people were just clear cutting all the forest and, you know, how could we, first of all, what was a temperate rainforest? We uh, want to address all the values and functions in the forest. What it it does more than just say logging. And then, um, you know, what are the problems facing it? Because we have very little of our original ancient forest left. The original primal forests are mostly cut down. And then How can we as people in our everyday lives, and this will be the practical part, what can we do to lessen our impacts on the forest and how can we use less paper and, you know, uh, do different things that we can uh, do to improve and including things like eco forestry and ways to harvest, harvest timber in a more sustainable way. So we're always looking toward using our music or the albums that we produce to provide some education and inspiration to people that they'll help them to not only just experience the music in a peaceful healing way and how it affects them personally, but also to learn something about about our planet and different aspects mm-hmm. of who we are.
0: Well, and I think that that's what you do very eloquently in your new book called Quieting the Monkey Mind. Oh, thank you. I mean, that really is a manual for it's, there, there's so much packed into every page, these practical tips, and may, I could tell many different paradigms running through it. It's almost like it's an amalgam of both of you, since both of you have written it, but it, it's both of you from a cosmic, cultural, it's, it's truly like a heaven and earth kind of a book, in my opinion, where really making the healing of the earth about the healing of the individual and using many different, for lack of a better phrase, operating systems from many different cultural traditions in order to do that.
1: We live it in, in amazing times that we do have access to all this information from not just other parts of the world, but different cultures and ancient cultures. So um, through our studies, um, what makes the music healing and how can we use different aspects of sound and mantra and affirmations and uh, chanting and uh, just all sorts of things to to quiet our minds in a way it 's like're uh, we 're learning how to detox our minds because I, I know you speak a lot about detoxification systems where we can cleanse our bodies, so what we 're working here with is the idea of being able to detox all the negative <laughs> thinking that goes on constantly and the ta- the tape loops and the negative mantras because obviously we have different things we 're telling ourselves so there 's so much in the book that we really gathered from our basically our life experience to be able to educate people about
0: well and even the the title talking about the monkey mind which um, some people may be familiar with that phrase the idea that we have these constant clawing thoughts and most of our thoughts can be repetitive they can be negative they can be, Uh, self-depreciating where we're not really revering and being in that moment, but we're thinking, what if it's kind of the catastrophic pessimistic type thinking. And I feel like, you know, this is really relevant. um, But yesterday I went to the grocery store at night and it's kind of a long hike because I like a certain grocery store and I was playing Krishna Das, right? And Krishna Das music is very chanting and very um mantra like Mm -hmm. and by the time i got home i was just in such a good mood i mean i was i wasn't in a bad mood but i was in this elated kind of state my husband's like what's going on you've been listening to krishna das haven't you (laughs) said yeah yeah, it's just the mantra you know you get and it stays within you and it blocks out the the thoughts the monkey mind
2: it's Because the voicing is coming from inside the body, it has so much power to it that it vibrates the whole system and allows the body to get more centered. And it's a lot of fun, actually. Yes,
0: yes, definitely, definitely. Dudley, what about for you when you listen to certain sounds? Do you notice a certain progression through the body? You mentioned the chakra system, and you and I are very much aligned on really connecting into that ancient system of um, wisdom that we have within all the different colors, the entire spectrum. How do you connect sound into those parts of us?
1: Well, what's interesting is I don't know, I guess I'm. I've, since I've grown up listening to Dean Evanson's music, it's been very, um, there's just something about how it's very soothing and relaxing. So we're talking about several different kinds of music. Um, the instrumental music, which uh, Dean makes, and Dean and I make and the different musicians we work with, that's gonna have uh, less structure, less repetitive, um, systems, whereas chanting and mantra, that's another thing. They both can be of a value in helping us to quiet our minds. And you mentioned uh, the chakra system. I mean, there's a whole thing we talk about in the book about the different ways we can use toning, vocal toning and different, um, ways of toning the chakras themselves. And we talk about the bell toning system that our friend uh, Jonathan Goldman um, has taught and we really appreciate that. It's a very open sound using uh, a different tone for each chakra. Then there's the uh, Bija mantra and that's more of the ancient Indian uh, system. lam bam ram yam ham jam and it's a kind of a more monotonal thing. And then there's um, also just the uh, Hindustani scale, which is similar to the solfege, which we're familiar with Jorani. But in India, they use Sade Gama Padanisa. Sa. So there's also that way. So there's so many different techniques that we teach in the book that are kind of practical uh, steps that people can take to use to resonate their chakras, to understand uh, which ones are maybe needing a little bit of support, which ones are weaker, which ones are stronger. We're, our, our aim is to try to bring a balance to all of them. So there's just a lot of different systems that we have access to, and that we've learned over our lifetime that we're really excited to share in the book.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And um, lots of different directions to go in. It's almost like um, you know, how do people pick and choose? How do you go towards, you know, even if you don't know anything about chakras or you don't know anything about ancient systems, but just everyday practical ways to enter into sound in a healing way, like I'm envisioning the typical person driving home from work, it's rush hour, they're stressed, they have road rage, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've are they're got music blasting in their car that probably is not high vibration. Uh, there's lots of pollution, you know, just what would be a quick entry point into something that is accessible to most people regardless of tradition?
1: I think one of the things they can do simply is listen to peaceful, relaxing music instead of the high energy music that is typical of what you might hear on the radio. So there's that aspect, there's that one, one way. So in the book we talk about two different kinds of music uh, to access. One is the recorded music, and then there are different, way, different ways of um, choosing that. The other one is self-generated music. And so what you experienced listening to Krishna Das uh, on your headphones was um, a positive way of also listening to recorded music. But the other aspect would be creating your own chant or your own mantra or something like that so or your own tone and simply vocal toning is the other thing where you're just making a sound whether it's an ohm or an ah or a ooh or something like that where you're taking a deep breath because what it does and this is why it really supports meditation because you're including breathing the aspect of breathing and then releasing through through the mouth say so you've taken in inhale inhalation through your nose and then, uh, and it's almost like a sigh. So that's simple, simple, simple. Um, we can get more complex. You can do different, different types of tones, uh, different types of vocal tones. Like I say, they go with the chakras. Um, but, or just singing at one of the things I, I love to do is just sing, sing to myself, you know, I just make up songs. And my particular, um, focus tends to be, uh, things that I'm thankful for, gr- gratitude type of songs. So just thinking, you know, if you're feeling frustrated with maybe how your day went, you could turn it around and, and be expressing gratitude through a song, through a making up a simple song or even just vocalizing some words. I don't know. There's a lot of different techniques. Yeah. You know-
0: one of the things that I um, I do is, well, at least for my release, I'm, I'm married to an acupuncturist who is also a musician. And so for him, it's all about sound. And for me, it's all about painting. And I, I make abstract, very colorful art. And so usually when I'm talking about that art and what it does for me, people always want to know, like, how do I do it? How do I set up a canvas? How do I uh, – what paints did you buy? And it's like, well, you know what? that's just my process. That may not be your process. You know, maybe for you, it's about being in the kitchen, creating these beautiful meals. And I think that one of the things that um, people raised me as, I don't know if it's an objection or at least something that stands in their way, is a lack of confidence in their voice. So they don't feel like they are whether that they have a good voice, that they even have to have a good voice to speak. I mean, so, so what is even a good voice, right? I mean, I think that that's such a um, subjective, I, I know that I can't <laughs> sing and I don't have a musical ear, but you know, I, I still belt it out and I can still chant and I can still find rhythm within me. You know, it doesn't have to be about performance. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit about people who have a lack of confidence about stepping out there with sound and their own unique self-generated sound.
2: Most of us have a voice, and that voice is in the center of our being. And once we activate it, whenever we activate it, it becomes a strong force to uh, help us be alive there's, there's no absolute on what works as a healing sound or doesn't work as a healing sound. If it's working for you, then it works. It's like meditation. There's many, many different forms of meditation. They're all good. Mm-hmm. And with sound, the, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to make the sound yourself and have it bubble through your life. Mm,
0: That's really nicely
1: said. It's it's like a muscle. Toning, vocal toning is a muscle that you need to build. Most of us don't have practice with it because they were either told to stand in the back of the choir because they didn't have, you know, didn't have a good enough voice or something like that. The other thing about our society is that we uh, tend to uh, focus on recorded uh, radio you know popular music or television we're we're allowing our, we're passive we're very passive so we're we're letting ourselves be entertained by whatever we sing on television or YouTube or on the radio and we're always and then we also have this um, appreciate or so-called appreciation for celebrities and we think they're the special ones and we're just regular people we couldn't possibly be anything that cool however, that's the beauty of vocal toning. And that's what Dean and I just absolutely love. That it's because the way, one of the aspects of how it does support uh, meditation is that you're really using breath. If, if you don't have to think about I'm singing a song or this or that, it's more about take a deep breath and let out a sound. Let the, sound, let the breath push out the sound. So it's just simply, you know, the simplest way to start is sim- breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth like a sigh Ah, and then just the more you push it through and you know locate where your diaphragm is so you're kind of aware of that muscle down there and then the more you can get to the place where you're comfortable simply breathing in and exhaling through your mouth with a sound that is the best way to start um becoming familiar with your voice, making it work. And then as you become stronger, I also recommend either doing it in the car, the singing, I don't recommend it, close your eyes, meditate in the car for sure. But singing in the car is perfectly acceptable. And the other place to do it is in nature. And that's where you're going to, you know, the more you can be alone in nature and just let out a sound or let out, you know, make up songs again about gratitude for the trees or the river, whatever you are. You're, you're just incorporate you become the creator of the, the, the music and I think it's time that we as human beings particularly in this modern society because we've been so reliant on external um, forces now is the time to bring it inside the other thing is toning with another person mm. when
2: you're singing the same note it's amazing how the vibrations come together and that's a physical thing that the, you're matching the tone with the other person's tone and you become this greater tone than just either of you can on your own and it's a very exciting.
1: Well it's a way to create intimacy. Um, Dean and I love to watch we don't even have television but we do watch Netflix or you know Amazon movies and <laughs> And then when we're done with that we like to make some music play some music or um just simply tone and that would just be us lying on the couch amongst the pillows and just taking breaths and toning and toning with the refrigerator and toning the chakras. <laughs> <laughs> you know just making up sounds and, and changing the sounds and so it's such a, a sweet way that a couple can uh, get to know each other more deeply and uh have a have an experience a spiritual experience we talk about that in the book about um greater creating greater intimacy and through spiritual uh, practices and partnership in that way and you know a lot of times um we're we're needing those sort of systems to be brought into our lives because we're so used to again externally Uh, things that are outside of us are about entertaining us, but we need to be generating. I think that's what will make us um, healthier and happier people.
0: Oh my goodness. I think that that is such a great idea is to tone with another person, Uh, a friend, a lover, a parent, a child, you know, that could really go across the spectrum. And then to even tone as a group, I'm almost seeing a workshop type setting where, Um, I know I've been to gong baths before, but it'd be nice to have a truly atoning bath where everybody is coming together in that. Um, So it's beautiful. I I really like um, everything you're saying about that and how we can access that at a moment's notice. That's not like we have to go to a store and buy anything. It's just like you said, Dudley, we can be in the car and we can start seeing, we can be in nature. You know, as you're talking, one of the central points, um, being that I am a scientist uh, as well, I'm always thinking like, okay, what's, where are the dots connecting? And what is the pattern, pattern recognition? And the pattern recognition for me in this, as you're speaking, is the breath. Through the breath, everything becomes centralized, whether it's the sound, the toning, and that's how you just illustrated to all of us how to even start toning, is to first take the breath. When we meditate, we focus, or at least connect into our breath. And so, do you do you want to say anything specific about breathing?
2: Well, it helps to breathe.
0: <laughs> don't stop, right? So stay, right. stay breathing. And uh, but you know, so many people are shallow breathers, and they don't realize it's a function of their nervous system health. And we stop breathing, we get anxious, Um, gosh, you know, the the number one issue these days, health issue, is stress and anxiety. And I feel like so much of that can be helped through breathing.
1: That's the very place to begin. And I think, um, as you say, shallow breathing is typical. And what's even uh, sadder is that when someone is stressed or anxious or worried or any even angry or anything they tend to breathe even more shallowly or hardly breathe at all so becoming used to taking a deep inhalation and then a long slow exhalation there's some fancy um, breathing techniques that have been passed on through you know Eastern philosophies and sort of thing but really I think if you just keep it very simple initially when you're just getting going and consider breathing in deeply and quickly holding for a moment and then exhaling as long as possible, and then holding your exhalation for a moment. And that way you're you're developing, um, and, and then you wanna really, when you get to that exhalation, you wanna push that last little bit of air out, and then you naturally will inhale. So simply practicing breath uh, in that way with the most basic, fast inhalation, hold up just a moment, and as you develop your practice, you can hold longer and that's good, but it's not that important. The most important thing is a long and slow exhalation. And what that does is it calms you down. So say you wanted to breathe in to the count of four, one, two, three, four, and then maybe hold for four and then exhale to the count of eight and then hold for four or something. So those kind of things are ways, just simple practical um, steps that we talk about in the book Quieting the Monkey Mind, because those are that's where it all begins. That's where the sound from the human voice begins with the breath.
0: Just a quick question for you on that. Why is it so important to have a longer exhale than inhale?
1: You know what? I don't know why. Uh, (laughs) I just know it works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's important too. That's all we need to know, because there's so many different ways to breathe that are out there. And whether it's the four square breath, Breathe in for four, hold for four, release for four, hold for four. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And what you just
0: mentioned is also something that's out there too, where you do focus on the exhale. It's like the complete depletion and getting to the point of um, getting any residual air out of the body, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and that may change our nervous system function as well. Another
1: another aspect of that, too, is um, the fast exhalation. Now, when I was um, first learning um, Lama's natural childbirth, it was quite fascinating to me because we were also just getting into yoga at the time. This was in the early 70s. And we noticed that the breathing techniques practiced by yogis was quite similar in many ways to the breathing that was taught to us in Lama's natural childbirth. And so um, it, I think um, this aspect of being able to do a, a, a panting breath, again, focusing on the exhalation, because if you focus on the exhalation, then you naturally inhale. You don't have to worry about inhaling. Ah. So you're just exhaling yeah. and then you're naturally going to inhale. So you're more, the idea would be <laughs> that kind of thing, or. Whoops! i didn't blow blowing the mic. Um, something where you're just focusing on breathing out, and what that does is it exhales, you know, gets rid of all the again old air. And so, again, talking about detoxing with every breath you take, you are detoxing your system because that's what exhalation is. You're detoxing, and then naturally you inhale and you inhale the the good oxygen, exhale the CO two, which isn't bad because the trees love it. But it's um, just another technique, and then it can also. We do a, a sort of a fun game when we're teaching a workshop. But it's kind of where you're, ha 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 ha, mm-hmm. and then you do it fast, ha, ha 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 ha, and then it becomes like a laugh. <laughs> but it's also like a cry. So both of those mm. kind of those feelings of exhaling and get re- getting rid of it, or just you know really feeling it. Um, it's fascinating, just once you get into uh, studying the breath. Again, it doesn't have to be complicated, and I think the simpler people can see it, uh, the more likely they are to practice and do it and have it benefit them.
0: If you could see me right now, I'm smiling really widely because Aww. it's just it, – well, that, that's just – it feels so right, you know, to really um, use our breath and use sound to help us with emotions. And so with grief is such a sticky, very um, – trying emotion for so many people, then there's anger. You know, there are a lot of the the emotions, and I often say that there is no emotion that's negative. Yeah, we may not like the feeling of it, but they're all to be valued. And so connecting the emotions, regardless of whatever label we put on them, with the breath is really such a beautiful teaching point. And I feel like people can really leverage that to help them with that release. So I'm curious, you know, uh, you've done so much with sound, uh, Dean, you especially with uh, doing the work that you've been doing with with CDs, and, and now you ventured into a book uh, together in this capacity. Why the transition? What, what, um, what did you feel most called to make sure is well known in the world through your book, Quieting the Monkey Mind?
2: We wanted to open up the world to all the tools that are available that go along with working with music. And obviously, a book is a way to do that. We also work with video, but...
1: Mm -hmm. Which we are going to be creating um, online courses, uh, particularly on Daily Om and other places. Um, The book also is sort of a condensation of what we've been learning, as Jean said, um, throughout the many years we've been in this field, which is on to four decades, just in terms of the music. Um, but really, it's, uh, I don't know, it just kind of is a way for us to share our knowledge and our experience. We used to travel a lot. Um, Dean and I are both in our 70s and um, we're, we're happy to stay home now we prefer to do online uh, webinars and workshops and do these wonderful kind of um, interviews that we can do without having to leave our living room because um, we don't we prefer not to have to get in an airplane again we, we will I'm sure but we did many many years of, of work teaching workshops and so this uh, material that we condensed into the book is kind of bringing all that together as a first step in terms of now we've got this. The other thing is people listen to our music, um, you know, they're not even buying that many CDs anymore because things have changed in terms of the distribution of music. And people can listen to Dean Evanson on Spotify or Pandora or um, YouTube or any of the other places where you do uh, hear streaming music. So it's actually quite handy to be able to, we don't even have to sell them on anything. They don't have to pay us to listen to our music. They can listen to it for free. Um, but we still want them to understand the, the um, tools and techniques and the practicalities of using sound and music and all the different um, modalities. Uh, to help them in their own personal process. And meditation just seems like the, the key. If we can get to that point where we can each find a peaceful place within us through a meditation practice. And again, it doesn't have to be complicated, but there are some fabulous simple tools and steps that we can take to enhance that uh, deepening, uh, going into a quieter, peaceful place. Mm.
0: Absolutely. And it seems like it's such a, a beautiful treasure trove of wisdom of both of you coming together and to think of, again, the decades of knowledge that you've accrued and culminating that into quieting the monkey mind. So I, I think it's it's truly a gift to the world. I, I know that many people will be benefiting from your techniques and all of your learnings. So thank you. This This has been fantastic to to actually have the conversation with you about, uh, your, your path and, and what you feel passionate about. And, um, is there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with as a way of, again, bringing it all together and saying, you know, this is why we're, we're here to do this work, or this is what you need to know, or this is uh, more or less like the general gist of it. Th- this is it. Is there anything else that you'd like to say on that, on that path?
2: Let's bring out the smile in all of us.
0: Oh, I love it.
2: <laughs> and each each of our organs and parts of our bodies are all smi- smiling too. And they're all humming together and singing a glorious choral symphony of joy and happiness.
1: Mm, I you like see it. why I keep this guy around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I will say it's very easy in this day and age. Um, I don't know if it's these times are more crazy or if it's just we know more about it. But it's very easy to lose heart and to lose hope. And I think that um, the reason we wanted to help people uh, learn how to control their minds and calm their minds, and and replace the negativity with a positive uh, healing energy is because uh, a lot of people just don't know they think this is oh some bad thing happened or they hear about something political or or, or personal or somebody sick or you know some suffering occurs and this is You know, obviously what um, the Buddha taught about suffering, it exists. How do we deal with it? And the best way to deal with it is to let go of the attachment we have to these sort of negative thoughts or or concerns and worries. Not to say we don't take practical steps to improve our lives or to do what we can in our world, but to really be able to start from a place of calm, inner peace I mean, our motto Sound East of the planet's motto is peace through music. We've always felt that. But, you know, we want uh, to offer just some simple steps to people that can help them navigate these times. And then also particularly young people. Um, I, I have great hope in this next ge- generation coming along. But many of them didn't go through the process and ha- and get to learn certain things so this is something is every bit as important to young people i believe as it is to the those of us who are elders in this day and age so thank you uh deanna for your work and and the wonderful um teachings that you're doing and helping people to heal and through the many ways that you're doing it we love it and i, th- I guess you're in our, our home state in washington right
0: here in washington wow i'm on the olympic peninsula literally in a forest
1: <laughs> we are we're up here in the northwest in uh, bellingham washington oh nice out, outside of bellingham and uh, in the we live next to the middle fork of the nooksack and we're surrounded by Aww. all sorts of things trees and orchards and gardens well and, and I, I
0: was going to ask where both of you live because uh, being that you're so in connection with nature um you know people resonate with different places and um You know, again, I have a friend, a medical doctor who's really into the sun. He has to be in the tropics. And I said, you know, I I don't know. I just feel like I'm a person of the trees. I feel like the trees are my people (laughs) and I need to be with them. So um, here the three of us are in the Pacific Northwest, which is great.
1: <laughs> it's
2: terrific here.
0: Tree- oh, oh! I'm writing that down. That is great. <laughs> terrific. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for um, being such a delight, sharing your wisdom, and uh, definitely your book, "Cluttering the Monkey Mind." To think that you have put together the best of everything in healing over the years that you've been doing this work you know again you are pioneers we need to really look at the people in our society who have collected and gathered this great knowledge and um, put it into motion like you said for the future generations so thank you both dean and dudley it's been it's been really nice to talk with both of you
1: thank you so much and, and of course people can always find us at soundings.com our little old website
0: Yes. And soundings.com. Thank you. Um, Will it list your event? Do you have, so you're doing more virtual things. Do you have any kind of in-person things even locally that people can travel to you for?
1: Um, We'll be doing some things, but they'll be on the website. So they can go to soundings.com or find us soundings of the planet on our YouTube channel, soundings of the planet on Facebook. Um, And then they can look for our individual names on, you know, Instagram or, other places so
0: you're so cutting edge for being in your 70s i look at my uh, parents thinking like wow they're, if they were only on instagram that'd be aw. great
1: <laughs> well, we, we learned long ago to keep young people around us who can help teach us how to deal <laughs> with the technology and i can't tell you how many different forms of technology we have dealt with in terms of getting the music out and the video out. it's been dozens so I but right now I somebody just called up recently and said he's collecting cassettes those oh my <laughs> he said he'd pay $150 for a cassette with the original silkscreen cover of Desert Dawn song <laughs> well you know
0: life happens in circles so I'm sure that we will um, you know LPs are, are coming back, vinyls coming back so yeah, that's yeah. where we're going right I think
1: we might save our CDs for 20 years from now when they finally want to get them again <laughs> <laughs> thank you too so much Thanks so much. Look forward to meeting you in person.